Hello and welcome to Revival Fires TV. I'm so happy you're joining us. My name is Holly Tinkani and I will be your host, joined by Pastor Terry Drost, who will be bringing the message. We love you and we want you to experience God's best in every area of your life. Now welcome Pastor Terry. Amen. And I want to start with the scripture today, uh, Isaiah 60. And before I do that, I want, <laughs> I just want to tell you something a little funny. Uh, I heard about a pastor, that uh, a man in his congregation who was never very affluent. He, uh, he got news, his family got news that he was uh, going to inherit $100 million. But his heart was very weak. He was up in years, and the, and the family was afraid to tell him because they are afraid he might have a heart attack. Can you imagine, how many know it would change your life a little if somebody uh, handed you $100 million? Yeah, that would make your Monday morning, wouldn't it? Uh, you'd probably call off work that day, wouldn't you? <laughs> anyway, uh, he, uh, you know, true story. And the pastor went to, uh, they asked the pastor, you know, because he was a real gentleman, they said, could you please communicate to our father that we're going to receive $100 million and, you know, with his heart condition and all that, we don't want anything to happen to him. And so the pastor said, um, in his wisdom, he said, let me ask you a question. Um, sir, he said, if you, uh, if you were, if you were about to, to win a, uh, if you're about to receive a hundred million dollar check for your family, he said, what is, what would you do? He said, well, the first thing I would do is I would give half of it to this church. Amen. Amen? And then the pastor, pastor had a heart attack and he fell over dead. Ah. I'm just, sorry, sorry. I just. Couldn't resist that one, Gary. God bless you. Isaiah chapter 60. <laughs> Isaiah 60. Amen. Here we go. The glory of God. Arise, shine, for thy light has come. And the glory, and the glory, say that with me. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and His glory shall be seen upon thee. Notice people will see the glory of God. Amen. Can you say amen this morning? Amen. amen. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. I, I, I'm just going to go. Let's go to Exodus 33 here. I just feel led to really move into this now. Exodus 33, Exodus 33. I may understand the Word of God is extremely powerful, Amen. sharper than any two-edged sword. And let's go down to verse uh, 7. This is the tent of meeting. You heard we're going to the tent of meeting, going to church of meeting. That's kind of some old, uh, you know, uh, lingo for going to church. Back in the day, country folks said, we're going to tent of meeting. Um, that's, this is where they get the scripture from. Uh, it says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of the meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. So we get our original tent meeting right there. Okay, And whenever uh, Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose up and stood at the entrances of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance. While the Lord spoke with Moses, and whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all had stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of his own tent. 
the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. There's about a lifetime's worth of sermons in those few verses alone. How many understand when the glory of God is present, you don't want to go home? Man, if I've, if I've seen that one principle alone, John and Joni, I've seen it in the, in the church growing up that I grew up in. Uh, I've seen people not wanting to leave. You know, they, they want to stay. And many times stay and pray and seek the face of God, but also many times stay and just spend time with each other. You know why that is? It's called the glory of God. And so and then it goes into Moses and the glory of God. That's where I want to focus a little bit here today. Moses said, verse 12, to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember, now just let me just stop right there. Anybody that wants to be in ministry, the number one requirement is you must be teachable. If you're not teachable, God will have no, no time for you. If you get to a point where you know more than everybody else, uh, if you're the smartest person in your circle, it's time to expand your circle. Amen? Praise God. So this is what Moses was saying. God, teach me, teach me, teach me. We're disciples. We're learning. What have you learned yesterday? A lot of people could tell you something God did 30 years ago. You know, man, praise God, what miracles we saw in 1997. Right about, what about right now? Can you say amen? amen? Show me your glory, Lord. And he says, you know, teach me if you're pleased with me so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people and they're st they still are God's people. Amen? Of course, we're grafted in Galatians 3. Verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. How many know in the presence of the Lord is not only fullness of joy as it says in Psalms, but it also is heavenly peace and heavenly rest. Amen. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not, not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Now Moses said, verse 18, now show me, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Oh, there is so much in those verses, loved ones, today. And I am believing God by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that I can do justice to this text this morning. Show me your glory. Show us your glory, O oh Lord. The Bible speaks again and again about 247 times about the glory of God, the glory of God, the glory of God. The Bible said that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The angels at the uh, announcement of the birth of the Christ child, the virgin birth, they said, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth, goodwill to men. I was thinking, Lynn, when we were in Jerusalem a couple months ago, we were at that church 
over there in Bethlehem where they really say this is the spot where Mary gave birth to Jesus, and it's like a cave underneath a, a, a big old church there, and they have all these you know, angels in that painted. It's just a like, masterpiece from like the 13th century or something, and it's, they're saying glory to God. What does glory to God mean? Folks, if I asked, I'm not going to ask you here today, but if I was to ask, if we were to ask most American Christians what the glory of God is, you'd be amazed at the answers that you get. And how many of them don't even line up with the Word of God. So we must define what the glory of God is before we can experience the glory of God. Can you say amen? amen? So Moses said to the Lord, show me your glory, O Lord. I want your presence to go with me. For if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go from here. I remember that praying that same prayer when we built this church and we were in the middle of building. I said, God, you're doing such a wonderful thing here on the corner of Keystone Avenue and Brook. We've experienced the power and the presence and the manifest tangible presence of God there for so long. But we don't even want to go to a new facility unless you go with us. Can you say amen? I don't want to take another job unless you go with me. Right? You don't want to, you know, if you're, if you're a young person and you're beginning to date somebody, you don't just want to date somebody because they're nice looking or you feel like some kind of chemistry with them. You want God to lead you there. And listen, here's, here's the way you find out who God has for you to spend your life with. Like my wife and I are spending our lives together and we're one flesh. They should be living closer to Jesus than you are. That's the real litmus test. I, I meet more people, right? And, and I, I think some of us would agree that they come in and they'll say, man, I just, I met this guy and he's just, he's that for me. And I, and I, I just know and I say, well, okay, how's his walk with the Lord? First, the most important question. Well, he's not really saved yet, but I'm going to start bringing him to church. Oh, drop him like a hot potato, okay? Don't even entertain the thought any longer. You're being crazy. You're letting your flesh lead you instead of the Spirit. Amen. The glory of God. Are they a carrier of the glory of God? That's what we are. We're the vessel. We are the vessels. We're the temple of God. Amen. And so I want to give you just a couple attributes today. You know, we see even in the Lord's Prayer, and I'll just give you one more, where the Lord's Prayer phrases this, yours is the glory. Amen? Yours is the glory of God. To God be the glory. We sang it a couple of weeks ago, great things He's done. So here's just a couple attributes of the glory of God. I don't know how far I'll get with this, but if you're taking notes today, the very first one is the manifest presence. The glory of God represents the manifest presence of the Lord. And how, how can we manifest God's glory? Well, to manifest the glory of God, you've got to step out of your comfort zone. The prerequisite to experience the glory of God is, is, is to have a hunger for the things of God. Can you say amen? So I don't know what your expectation level is today, but if you came here this morning... And, you know, you just say, well, you know, I kind of got this all figured out. You know, um, you know, you didn't say it like that, but you, you just figured that church is going to take this long and they're going to sing a few songs in my head. And then I'm going to be, I made an appointment so I can make sure I'm at lunch at grandma's at one o'clock or something like that. Folks, you probably should have stayed home. Because we're supposed to encounter the presence and the power of God. Can you say Amen. 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 And uh, so it's, 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 it's the, the manifest presence of the Lord. And, uh, and so there's so many verses here. I'll just give you a few of them here this morning. 
The Bible said, well, I'll just say this. The Bible said that Moses, when he met with God, his face shone so brightly when he came down from Mount Sinai that the people couldn't even stand to look upon him, that he actually had to put a veil over his face. How many know it's like something in us as believers, not unbelievers, because they would never understand this until you've come out of darkness called into his marvelous light. When somebody's really spending time with Jesus, how many know it shows? It shows right here. It shows in what words come out of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you can tell a lot by somebody's uh, post on social media what's really in their heart. And that's why I told you that I'm doing a little social media distancing. Amen? It's one thing to do social distancing. I think it would be safer for us to do some social media distancing. And if you're engaging with people that's gossip and, and all kinds of negativity, you know, I'm sure no one in this room is, but maybe it was the last service or somebody watching on the other side of the camera or something like that. But it's no wonder you don't show with the glory of God. Can you say amen? Is this okay this morning? You might as well say yes, because I'm going to preach it anyway. I'm, it's not like I'm going to change my message because you say no, okay? <laughs> so Acts 4.13, it says, they couldn't take their eyes off of them. Who are they talking about? Them, Peter and John. Because they were standing with such confidence, they were so sure of themselves. Their fascination deepened when they realized these two laymen with no training in the Scripture or formal education they recognize them, listen, as companions of Jesus. I like to say, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You know, you realize you're the sum total of the five people that you're closest with in your life. Think about that. The five people that you spend the most this with time, that's who you're going to become like. So if you're around people that are in darkness, or you're around people that have got all kinds of weaknesses, of people that aren't spending time in prayer, they're not spending time in the presence of God. We're talking about the presence of the Lord, amen, and the glory of God. Guess what? That's going to rub off on you no matter how strong you are. Their negativity, the things they're saying, the things they're posting, the people that they're out there sending little messages to on their phone. And so, you know, do what Jesus did. The Bible said he withdrew from the crowd often to get along with God the Father. Can you say amen? So when they looked at them, the, the mass, the crowd of people in Jerusalem were looking at Peter and John, and they said they recognized them as companions of Jesus. But with the man right before them, seeing him standing there so upright, he was healed. What could they say against that? That was a bona fide miracle. Can you say amen? Yeah. So it says, the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. So God will use the glory of God to come upon you. Listen to attract others, to reach others for Him. Amen? In other words, people will want what you have. Have you ever found that to be true? Yeah, people aren't really impressed by your money. They're not impressed by your position or your status. If anything, sometimes they're intimidated by that. What, they, what they're really longing for is this Holy Spirit that's inside of you. Amen? And, and you know, Brother Ted would say like this, the anointing always invokes a response. That's why I've walked in a room before and a person doesn't even know me and they're out of there. Other people are like, hey, pastor, got a minute? <laughs> Amen? How many of you found that to be true? Yeah. So we're talking about the glory of God. So I see that. And then I also see, here's the second point today, the manifested power. How do we manifest the power of God? The power of God. Now, Acts 1.8 says, you shall 
theme verse for this house. You shall receive, everybody say it with me, power. Say it like you mean it now. Power. Oh, I feel like i got to get a battery charger out and jump these dead batteries here this morning. You shall receive. There it is. After which the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We'll be his witnesses here in Blakely and Jessup and Archibald and Scranton and Wilkes-Barre. And I, like, I had somebody call me from Williamsport that watches the broadcast faithfully. And he said, I'm so frustrated. He was a man, I, I, I don't know how old he was. I want to say he was retired. He had 10 grandkids. And Paul, if you're watching, we're, we'll believe in God. But he said, I can't find a church like this where I live. And I said, well, we have people drive over two hours to come to church here. Can you say praise God? Amen? I told him that. And, and I said, the old saying is true. A church alive is worth the drive. Can you say amen? I wouldn't just go to any church. If I wasn't, I'm telling you folks, if I moved or God called me somewhere else or let's just say I was retired or something like that, I wouldn't just go to a church and just go through the motions and sit there and can't, I'm hoping the thing's going to get over soon so I can get back to my life as normal. Give me a place. I don't care, folks, as if it's a church of 25 in a tent down by the river. Give me the glory of God. I said, give me the glory of God. Show us your glory. Show us your glory, O Lord. Show us your glory. That's what Moses said. Show us your glory. He said, I will pass by, and my goodness will go before you. First words he spoke, two words, I will. I will. We believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in driving out devils and demonic spirits. I'm not ashamed to lay hands on a person. I'm not ashamed to prophesy. We believe in all of the gospel here. We believe in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And if you want some dead, dry religion... Well, not you guys, because you wouldn't even be here if you want a dead, dry religion. Well, I, can I just say this? People are fed up, and especially now, with dead religion. Amen? Give me the presence of the Lord. Amen. Full of power, you must be full of prayer. Amen. Must be obedient to this book. And you will take lots of heat for it. Trust me, I know. But if you don't stand in these last days for what's right, I, I would have big concerns for you and your family. Greater concerns than any virus or pandemic. We'll do what's right. We'll wash our hands. We'll offer masks. We'll do but we fear God in this house. And we want revival in this house. We want to see souls saved. I want to see this community transformed by the power of God. I'm not here to play church, folks. Once you've tasted of that, once you've tasted of the glory and the power of God, the politics and everything goes right out the window. You've got to be a person of prayer, a person of His Word. When we surrender to Jesus, and I wrote these words this week, and when we're sold out to God, we're filled with His Spirit. We're on fire for God. Then his manifest power, his mighty glorious power will fill our lives. Can you say amen this morning? Amen. The Bible said, Acts 10, 38, that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He went about doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. When is the last time that you prayed for someone and they were delivered instantaneously because of the fire that you're carrying?
Think about that. T.L. Osborne, he used to pray over people. He used to say this before he prayed. If Jesus is alive right now, let him do what he did before they crucified him. And signs, wonders, and miracles would follow. That great healing evangelist. So the prerequisite, just to be abundantly clear, you must hunger and thirst for things. It's not a denomination that's going to do it for you. It's not I'm, you know, a label of a church that we belong. I'm Catholic, I'm Baptist, I'm Buddhist. What is all that, friend? You really think you're going to get to heaven one day and Jesus is going to be standing there you're going to, and he's going to have some kind of label saying, you know, it's going to be assembly of God. What is that? A Baptist or some kind of a Presbyterian, whatever, you know. I don't mean that disrespectfully. But the glory of God doesn't even compare to men's idea of what church should look like. I said the glory of God doesn't compare to what men's idea of church ought to look like. Can you say amen? I'm closing today. I'm closing. I want you to know this is where we're going. You say, what's the vision of this house? The glory of God. There's so much happening. I, I, I wish I could even disclose the things that have happened in the last seven or eight days concerning the, the blessing of God on this house. It's, it's ridiculous. Things being offered to us. I mean, it, it's it absolutely... I shouldn't be surprised because this is what we prayed for. Amen. Amen? Right. I was with Dan Case this morning in the early service. I said, can I just... Sh-? He said, you said you're going to make a big announcement last week. Are you going to make it this Sunday? I said, I wish I could, but I can't. We just were waiting on a little bit more information. And I've got to take that to the board and then we've got to... You know, all that, and, and so, you know, because I want to do things in order and all that. And, but man, oh man, folks, it's overwhelming what God wants to do here. How many of you are ready for God to do something fresh and new in your life? Amen? Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. And so, uh, he said in that video that the church will experience God's manifest presence unlike ever before, but it'll run in conjunction with end time events. How many believe we're living in the last days? If you don't, just read your Bible. Read the book of Revelation. Read Daniel. Read uh, the prophetic books. Zechariah, read, read the end time events that are taking place. We're, we're right on the cusp of that. I remember, uh, I remember when the first time I ever uh, went to Pensacola, my wife and I had just started doing youth ministry. You've got to remember, this is like uh, February of '97. I had long hair. I had a mullet back then, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That was before that. That's when we were dating, right? That's when we were dating. And, uh, you know, Fe- uh, December of 95, my father called me up on the phone. He said, you know, we had a youth pastor. He was there as a good guy, but he left. And Dad said, we don't have anybody to take the youth ministry. Would you and, and uh, Becky, don't answer me, he said. Because how many know if I answered, he knew what I was going to say if I, if I answered in the flesh. I probably would never be your pastor today. Because, you know, the spirit is, is in direct opposition to what the flesh wants to do. Amen? Amen. Yeah. And so, uh, and so, anyways, you know, we did youth ministry January 1 of 96. I was taking a bunch of brain courses. We're wearing all kinds of hats in the church, just like you folks. And they told me they're going to get somebody to do youth ministry. Remember Jess? She was in our youth group back in the day. They said they're going to get somebody to do, to do the youth ministry if we just kind of hold the, hold the kids together until somebody, 
you know, professional come in here and make it right. And, uh, and trust me, I didn't want to do it either. I mean, I, didn't, I know zero about youth ministry. The first time we had a youth uh, Sunday night, it used to be on Sunday night, actually, remember? In the old church, we had like 11 board members, kids. How many know you're in trouble? <laughs> and I came to the Sunday night. Uh, we had a one-hour youth service. My goodness, you can't even get started. You know, the plane barely gets off the runway, and you got to land it. And uh, we were so green with that, you know. And we worked at it. And I remember wearing, I had a shark skin suit on that night, remember? And those kids were laughing at me, weren't they, hon? <laughs> I, I would have laughed too. <laughs> I had no, I had no uh, education, but how many know I had good at-home training? Amen. And, uh, and, and true ministry really can't be taught, it has to be caught. And that's why you got to get around people of the glory of God. Really, it just rubs off on you. I don't know how to say it in, in this you know, to make us wax all eloquent, you've got to show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who you, who's speaking in your life? Huh. And, and uh, this thing broke out in Pensacola. I didn't even know about it. And it, hit, it was in the Scranton Times newspaper. And it was a clip. It was like, and it said, long haired uh, organist uh, sings, uh, sings uh, you know, leads people in a Pentecostal revival, you know. And so anyway, I went down there and went to that thing. We talked about this a little bit ago. But when I came back, I'll never forget it. Some, listen, something was branded in my spirit by the fire of God that no one will ever take away from me. Amen. It'll never take away. Amen. Not politics, not churches, not people's opinions and decisions and everything else. I'm referring to the glory of God now. Amen. Hence the theme of this message, but also... The, the vision of this house. And if you don't want that, I mean, no hard feelings. You might be better, you would probably be a better fit in a church where everything is scripted right out to the minute. And so many of those places, you might as well write the word Ichabod because Ichabod means the glory of God has departed. And they might have harmonious singing. They might have a beautiful choir or kids program or something like that. But God's never even been part of it. Can you say amen? And I remember when we went in there. I'll never forget it. I went in that and came back that Sunday night. We, we actually went to the Sunday morning service. went Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. And John Kilpatrick, who you just saw, was preaching. place was completely overflow. Buildings all over. People watching on the screen. It was a major, major world-shaking revival. And I remember leaving because we had to catch a plane. We couldn't even stay to the end of the service. And by the time I flew back into Baltimore with my brother's team, and then I drove up. You know, 95, and got home here, the Blue Road and all that, and got, I barely made it back to church, in our old church, and we were having Sunday night church. And I still remember uh, Sterling Lawrence, I believe it was. Uh, Dad was holding revival. Dad was pastoring at the time. And again, we're just in youth ministry like a little over a year. We're still very green at this. And we had a small group, but, you know, of kids. And we're working at it and all that. But, listen, you can work all you want, and you need to work. But without the glory of God your results will be minimal. Can you say amen? amen? And so I remember walking in the side door. We had these like side doors. And I walked in and Sal Pizzo, everybody actually, by the time I got back, it was probably, I don't know, nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. I had traveled all day. I've been in that glory for two and a half days, just soaking it in, saturated. 
with the prayer. I couldn't even speak, folks. I mean, you, you don't understand. This is not a Sunday morning, some kind of a thing that you always have done because you always do and you're always going to get the same results. We're talking about the glory of God. Amen. If you only understood how big God is, we would probably spend most of the time on our face. You know, I think it was John Glenn that said when the first time in the 60s, man, they, 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 they got headed to the moon. They looked back and looked at this little speck called planet Earth. And he said he had the, the word of God. And he said, all I could say when I looked at that, listen to this. It was in such awe to see God's, I mean, this planet, seven billion, it looks like a little speck of dust out there. And knowing that there's like 100 million other galaxies out there. John Glenn, first man to land on the moon, what did he say? He said, all I could say, all I could get the words out of, glory to God. God's a big God. He can handle your marriage problems. He can handle your wayward children. He can handle your, your health issues. One instance in His glory and in His power, in His presence, can change everything for you. Can you say Amen. I just remember coming back on that Sunday night, and everybody was at the altar, hands raised, seeking God, you know, speaking in tongues, whatever. There was, you know, probably some loud Pentecostal music going with an organ, and probably Jess's father was there playing keyboard. You know, he used to play with Billy Joel, and I was playing for Jesus, amen? And I mean, it was just the house was rocking, and I remember just walking in there, and I was so on fire and excited, and I just came in. There was no formal entrance. I wasn't nobody. I just walk in the side door like that, and I remember raising my hands, and everybody's raising their hands, and I literally, watch this, talk about the manifest power of God. How many of you want to experience the power of God? The manifest power of God, and I just, and Brother Sal will stand here at near the end, and I just went, he didn't even know I was there. Everybody had their eyes closed, and they were just seeking God, and I went and just put my hand on his shoulder, and literally, immediately, he just like went right out on the floor. And I was like, but what? And things just started to happen, 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 happen. Let me tell you what the fruit of that was. The fruit of it was that our youth ministry exploded. Like before I know it, I had 100 teenagers sitting there. It had nothing to do with systems. It had nothing to do, somebody needs to hear this, with how organized and how structured we are and how many other things we got to do. You got to do this right and this right and that right. That's like a pharisaical approach. Give me the glory of God. Give me the presence of the Lord. Give us a sweeping revival that will change the complexion of Lackawanna County and far beyond. Oh, taste and see, the word says, that the Lord is good. And once you've tasted of the presence of God, you can never go back to just staunch church or cold, dead religion. If you believe that, clap your hands and let God know that you're serious on a Sunday morning here. Hallelujah. <laughs> And that's what happened, right, hon? I mean, our youth group, we didn't know what we were doing. And let me tell you, that's a good place to be. Because then you can get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do what only He does best. And I'm telling you, it was Holy Ghost, right? We cast out devils in our service. We literally saw kids. What do you think is causing all the problem with the drug addiction? I, I was talking to a guy yesterday. He said, my nephew died of a heroin overdose. If I ever knew the kid was on drugs, he said, I, I would have went over and kicked his butt. You know, a locksmith guy told me this yesterday. And, and I said, and what happened? Well, he had a surgery. It's like textbook here, you know. Got on opioids, and the opioid prescription ran out. Then he went to street cheap heroin, got a bad batch, and he's gone at 20 years old. Let me tell you where that comes from. The devil. And that's why the devil has to be driven out of a church. Can you say praise God, somebody? I said he's got to be driven out by the power of God. 
not classical words of men's wisdom, not thought processes or that we've got some sort of education. I'm an educated man. There's nothing wrong with education, but there's some things that education will not do. Give me the presence of God. And we saw it. Oh boy, do we ever see things. I mean, spiritual stuff. I'm talking Holy Ghost things, you know. And it's just not, you know, our kids. And I remember that later that summer, we took a batch of kids down there, 30-some kids and some adults in that mix. And dad and mom were with us, and we were standing in that line in that hot Florida sun in June, man. I can't put into words what it's like to experience the river of God in here. But you need it. You need it more than, I'm telling you, more than the air you breathe. And I've experienced it recently at times. It comes on me. I get overwhelmed. I told Dr. Rodney Howard Brown when he was here, I said, I can't explain when the anointing comes on me so strong, but tears will just start pouring out. I can't help it. He said, I'm the exact same way. And uh, I'll give you the last point. It's manifested purposes. And really, another word for that is the goodness. In other words, the purpose of what you're supposed to do with the glory of God. It's not just so you feel good. It's not just so you get like a spiritual buzz, you know. You, you shall receive power after which the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. And the devil, let me tell you, the devil's a liar, and he'll do anything to distract the people of God, anything to get our eyes off the harvest. Anything, any kind of, you know, little piddly little thing to get us focused and fighting with each other, our differences and our grievances and our stuff and my way. And I think this, this, that, 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 you know what? Keep it. Give me the glory of God. Because I've experienced it, folks. And once you're there, you never go back. Amen. Let me tell you what Honesdale needs. Honesdale needs a shaking revival. You're going to tell me Wayne County's got one of the highest percentage of heroin addiction and overdose and teenage suicide? That's exactly where the light of God needs to be planted. Exactly. Can you say praise God? Come on. Give me the presence of the Lord. And I mean, more things happen in that tangible glory. I, I just, I'm, going to, I'm going to close. But I feel His presence here today. I feel this presence very strongly. Friday, I'll tell you this, Friday when the president took a stand for the church. And this is not a political thing. I just want to say to somebody here, you got to get past all that. Quit getting sucked in everybody's little thing. But... We're, we are fortunate and we're blessed, really, to have a president that gives an ear to men and women of God. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. And uh, Friday, my phone was blowing up. I, everybody, Jimmy Brzezette, everybody, Pastor, president's going to make an announcement about the church. And, uh, you know, I, I was working in my yard. I mean, I was out there working. I like to work with my hands and plant stuff because it's like therapy for me. Anybody else like that here? Yeah, yeah. Shut the TV off. Get out and enjoy. Get some vitamin D in you. You'll feel a whole lot better about people. Amen. Shut your phone off for a little while. 
And my phone was kept lighting up in my pocket, and I was like, man, this must be important, you know? <laughs> and everybody's like, he's going to make, President Trump's going to make a big announcement about the church. How, how many saw that announcement, by the way? Yeah. And he said, listen, it was strong, man. And let me tell you, people are looking for strong leadership now. <laughs> They've had it with limp-wristed stuff. You can't ride two sides of the fence. You, you got to get off the fence. And people, and you know, and you know, listen, I, I'm just telling you, God made these hands to work, not to sit. Our country has to get back to work. People need to get back to church. We need to get back to living. You know, what happened to live free or die? Really? I mean, you know, not look at that Earl Granville was hobbling around here with a prosthetic leg who got blown up by an IED and lost his buddies over there. That one kid was 20 years old from Wind Gap, Pennsylvania. And he's walking back and forth to Gary, right where you're sitting is the American flag. And next to it is... And I watched that man. And stuff just started stirring up in me. And I'm like, you know, people have spilt their blood on the ground for us to sit here in these purple seats today and take in a sermon in this country. What, what kind of people are we if we're going to just do whatever everybody tells us to do all the time? My God, folks. Let me just bring some clarity to this. I hope this is okay. I'm, I'm just going to say it, and then you know what? If you get mad at me, so be it. Take a number. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you. Take a number. Hey, man, is this okay? Yeah. Uh, the president come out and he said, he said, churches are essential businesses. Amen. We're in the spiritual business. And he said, they need to open and they need to open now. And anyone has a problem with that, specifically governors of states, they can call me up and I will override what they say. Yeah. Somebody say, praise God. Oh, Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, folks, listen, listen, this is what I knew on Easter Sunday. This is what I knew when God spoke to me about, do not lock the front door of my house. Do not shut it down. Do not shut the house of God down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, somebody give God praise. When I got that news on Friday, and I looked at, I was, I was in the bathroom of my house. I wasn't in a, I wasn't in a suit, you know. I wasn't in a, I didn't have a nice looking blazer. My hair wasn't all, you know, with product in it. I was a mess, a hot mess. And I looked on my phone, I saw your, our president say that, Gary, and literally the glory of God rose up on me. And I'm telling you, I, I literally, I, 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 like, I sat right down, I'm like, we have this tub in our bathroom. And I started to weep. I started to speak in tongues, and I started to get caught up in the glory of God. I started to pump my fist and say, God, I know this is what you called us to do here in Lackawanna County. I knew it. I'd rather have everybody mad at me and be at peace with him. Peace with Jesus. 
Amen. And, uh, and listen, I, I just, I want to say this to somebody here, just, just, just in case, you know, you're, you're still like, well, Romans 13 says that we're to obey the people that are in authority and God put government. Let me tell you something. The Baptist pastor that came on Fox right after the president made that <laughs> ground-shaking announcement, and it was a big day for the church. I don't know if you saw him, the guy that came on, the Baptist pastor. is a huge church in Fort Worth, Texas. And he's an older gentleman, very respect. He's actually on the president's uh, team of, of uh, advisors, a prayer team, with Jensen Franklin and, and many people in, that we come to know and respect over the years, great men and women of God. Listen to what he said. They said, what about the thought that there's been people say you shouldn't go to church because the governor, uh, the state has said, you know, Romans 13 has said, you know, obey whatever they, what they say. It doesn't say whatever they say. He said, that's exactly right. Watch. Listen, just because I know some of you are dealing with stuff at home and there's all that stuff. Because how many know the devil doesn't want people to meet in the house of God, specifically? And not to mention, there's dozens of scriptures that tell us to meet in the house of God regularly. God wants us to have church. I said that early on, before anything ever happened. Amen? Just in case you don't understand that, or somebody's blowing up, they're using that scripture. Let me tell you, the devil knows all kinds of scriptures, probably more than most people. And he uses them like a well-worn tool, especially on American Christians. He said that Romans 13 may say that, but he said, and that's true, watch this, except or unless it violates the word of God. Can you say Amen true. So understand that. I told that to somebody yesterday and they said, man, I'm so glad you said that because I'm dealing with a, <laughs> with a spouse that's very upset with me. And uh, I said, they kept showing that scripture. Look, Daniel 3.3, 3, <laughs> Acts 5. How about where Peter says, listen, we would rather obey God than any man. And by the way, and I'm just saying this to you, and I commend you guys for being here. And let me tell you what's going on. This thing is going to blow up. You wait and see. Because God showed us that. I remember the first Sunday we had, it might have been the second Sunday we had, I leaned over to my wife. I said, honey, the Lord just showed me. And I'm telling you, showed me in the glory, in the, in the moment when we were caught up in worship, the church is going to come back like a retooled train, and there's not going to be enough room in this place. That's what the glory of God will do. Amen? Praise God. People everywhere. And so, understand... Don't just take a scripture somebody says and, and it works for them. People can make the Bible say anything they want to say to justify their position. That's why you need to know the whole counsel of God. Amen? And so when, it, when, when a political person or some governor or whoever it is says something that goes against this book, that's when you're being tested for your faith and you've got to stand up. And it'll tell you, it'll tell you whose team you're on. Now, with that said, we wash our hands, we offer you a mask, don't come and smother my parents, okay, <laughs> after church with sloppy wet kisses or whatever they are, you know, okay, but understand the glory, amen? Understand this is about the glory of God, this is about the presence of God, and uh, by the way, you know, and <laughs> then Friday, I had such a moment with Jesus, oh my gosh, in my bathroom, I just... <laughs> It was, it was sweet. I wouldn't trade it for anything. How many of you understand what I mean? Amen. 
manifest power, His presence, reminding me of our purpose, showing us, like He said to Moses, my goodness will go in front of you. Oh, the good things. Oh, gosh, the good things that have happened. It's, I, don't, I don't have time. It's endless. Just show me, you know, show me what fruit the tree is producing. That's John 15. What's the church actually doing with that? We're feeding people here. They say there's a shortage of food. They say that meat prices have sky. Come see us. We've got so much meat, we don't even know what to do with it. Yeah. Toilet paper. We never were short on toilet paper. <laughs> Somebody says, don't say that too loudly. I say, why? What are you afraid of? Where's your faith at? Can you say amen? Listen, and I'll tell you this, and I'm done. Jonathan called me up on, on the phone Friday night. My wife was making this beautiful dinner. And uh, <laughs> he says, hey, Pastor, Pastor Terry. I said, yeah. I went out on my front porch and sat down on the chair. It was about 6 o'clock Friday night. He said, way to go. And I, I wasn't sure what he meant. And I said, what do you mean? He says, I mean, now listen, this is God, so we're giving God the glory. He said, and he's always been respectful to me. I know he's a little rough, but, you know, that's how people are from West Virginia, okay? <laughs> he said, I always had respect for you, and I always had respect for your church. But I really have respect for you now. He said, I could count on my one hand the churches that refuse to cow down the people who told them they couldn't meet. And I said, well, you know this, but our governor in Pennsylvania never said we couldn't meet. How many of you knew that, by the way? Yeah. They never told the church you weren't allowed to meet. In Virginia, they did. In New York, they did. In New Jersey, in California. We better pray that doesn't fall off in the ocean out there. Amen. <laughs> Don't get me started. Well, you know, we just talked about these things. And I said, you know, John, it's funny. I said, I love you so much. And he said, man, what a day. The President of the United States takes a stand for what's right, for the church. Amen. And, uh, you know, we just talked. And, you know, I just said, I love you. I love your family so much. I really do. They're good people. I know, you know, we all got our stuff, right? You have any stuff? Yeah. It's a good place to get rid of it today. <laughs> Amen? It's what the glory does. And I said, you know, it was interesting when Dr. Rodney got arrested, you know, how many remember when Dr. Rodney Howard Brown got arrested? Yeah. How many of you thought of, I mean, let's just be honest. Can we just be honest? How many of you thought it was a little crazy at the time? At the time. I did. In fact, I remember telling my staff because I didn't know. I didn't know what the facts were. Because if you, again, just go by what's coming across the news or the paper or some kind of thing, you, you would just believe anything they tell you. And that's exactly where devil, the devil wants you. He wants you uninformed. Not about the things of the world, but the things of God. And uh, I said, when he got arrested in Tampa, you know, I don't know, and I just, I'm just going to say this because I feel like I'm helping. Is this helping? Is this freeing some people up? Yeah. Yeah. Because the devil, I'm telling you, will still, he'll, he'll just keep telling you stuff to try to get you over here, over here, over here. That's what he does. He's a father of all lies, the Bible said. And uh, I said, when he got arrested, I mean, went out in handcuffs. I mean, I, all I saw was the sheriff on there. What a, how many of you saw that clip? 
It's like burned in your mind, right? A sheriff, big badge, all these microphones, and, you know, that pastor of that river church over there in Tampa, you know, we tried to get him to comply, but he wouldn't comply. And uh, I thought it was crazy, to be honest with you. And I called Brother Ted up right after that happened, and he picked the phone up, and he said, I know, I was just talking to him when the state police were flying over his property. I'm going to tell you something. Folks, Jonathan said this to me. A lot of people preach faith, but it's another thing to walk in it. Amen. said it's another thing to walk in it. Amen. Are you sure you have faith? Can you be tested by fire and come on the other side of it? Only the glory of God can sustain a person. Amen? Amen? And he said when that happened... You know, Liberty Council. How many of you ever heard of Liberty Council? You know who that is? Yeah, they're one of the most powerful Christian law firms. And there's actually such a thing as a Christian law firm. In, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, in the world. And he has one of those guys who actually happens to sit on his board. How'd you like to have one of those guys on your board of deacons? Top brass. And he said, that's actually, listen, nobody knew this. This, this didn't make the news, Okay. This didn't make the, you know, the, the, the ABC or the CNN or whatever it is. But his attorney said, what? and he knew that long before he was arrested. He said, if you close the church, what's going to happen? They're going to start falling like dominoes in this country. And all the states are going to follow suit. How many of you have seen those kind of things happen? If you don't, do I need to, how about uh, uh, legalization of marijuana? You remember that one? Yeah, you know why? Because one, one state said it was okay, then the next state saw a little profit in there, then somebody else said, yeah, we can make money. Uh, let's just write it as a script. Now it's everywhere. How's that working for you? And so when, Rod, when Dr. Rodney Harbrown took a stand and he got arrested, his attorney told him, he said, if, if you do this, he said, Rodney said, it's, he, just like I did, he said, it's not an option for us to close the church. It's not an option. God said to me, God said to him, you do not lock that front door. Amen? And what happened was, you know the story. He, he, Brother Ted told me, he said, I was on the phone when the state police were flying multiple choppers over his house and surrounding as if like he just robbed a bank somewhere or was a drug dealer. And we're making big announcements. We're coming in. We have a warrant for your arrest. Come out peaceably. What, are you kidding me with a bulletproof vest? Why? Because you're holding a Bible? What in the world have we come to, folks? Really? And his attorney said, when you get, if you get arrested, he said, if you don't stand, and he, he already had made up his mind to stand, but he said, what's going to happen is all the states will follow. And, and now listen, every state has different laws. Okay? And that's fine as long as they don't infringe on the Constitution. Come on, the Declaration of Independence. Come on, somebody. Is it Memorial Day weekend or not? I'm almost done. And so when, when they did that, his attorney... Listen, filed a $500 million lawsuit against the, this is actual fact, against, you won't see this on your news, against the governor of Florida, $500 million. How'd you like to have that suit against you? You know, you know what the governor did? Two hours within receiving that. He said, they, they're free to have church. Let him go. He was let go in 20 minutes. But within two hours, he said, all the churches in Florida can begin to worship God in freedom. Watch this, five states, five more states. That's it, they, they all lifted their bands one by one. They started falling like dominoes. 
Thank God, Pennsylvania, the commonwealth here, our governor, I'm not going to say anything other than we should pray for him. <laughs> and vote. Okay? One thing was, thank God, he never told us we couldn't have church. Again? Amen? And so when we had all that out there in Easter, and blah, 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 and the media went and had a field day, and they called us bad faith. I'm out, bad faith. Yeah, it's bad faith. Yeah, you feed people. That's bad faith. For free. You give blood. That's real bad faith. You build medical clinics in Kenya, Africa, where people don't even have shoes, and you feed HIV widows. That's real bad faith. You know, Paul Harvey used to say, now for the rest of the story. Right? And we took all that on the chin. Listen, we never, again, did anything illegal here. We never did anything immoral. And I'm saying that to you, not to say, oh, you know what? They said some things, but I hope people don't leave the church. Let me tell you something. If, if our relationship is, is that shallow, that, that whether you're part of the church or not, that's, you never had a good relationship to begin with. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? This is about the glory of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to ask our worship team to come back. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? Amen. Amen. I am. If we only realize how big God was, right? Do you know the two greatest soccer players in the world? Uh, Ronaldo. And what's the other guy's name? Nisi? Messi. And they're right about the same age. And I was reading about them this week. And they're like a lot of sports guys. They're, you know, they're a little full of cocky. They're, you know, they're, they think they're the greatest in the world. And they actually are the top two. You can look this up. Well, Messi made a statement recently. I don't know if you heard this. They said, what are you talking about the purpose, right? We're talking about purpose. So what do you think you're here for? He said, well, I'm here because God sent me here to teach this world how to play soccer. Amen. <laughs> and then they said to Ronaldo, they said, what do you think about, what's his name, Messi? Lionel Messi. What do you think about Messi's statement that he's here, that God sent him here to teach the world how to play soccer? Ronaldo says, I don't recall sending him here. <laughs> what am I saying to you? Sometimes we put ourselves so, such, you know, we get so puffed up. If we just realize how big God is, like that little speck where John Glenn said, all I could say was glory to God. Glory to God. Amen? Amen? How big is your God? How big is your God this morning? Is He big enough to pay your bills? Is He big enough to save your unsaved children? <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. My friend Mike Antosh, you know, he's helping his daughter this weekend. Mike told me, he called me the other day, he called me on the phone, and he's like, you know, my wife said, listen to this. This is a real guy, okay? They're as real as they come. I mean, he's very, he said, my mom always taught me not to lie. And I said, yeah, I know, but you're a little too truthful. You know, how <laughs> I many know you can be a little, you just don't, don't just, you know, say it, the chips fall where they may. He's one of them guys, but I respect him for that. Proverbs actually says, Sam and Gabe, you guys, that in the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery, right? So wouldn't you rather know the truth? You go to a doctor and you're sick, tell her, wouldn't you rather know if he says, hey, listen, oh, you know, you're, you're okay. No, you want to know the truth, right, Brother Scott? You want to know if somebody's telling you the truth. He just told me this uh, Thursday night, he called me on the phone, or Friday night, actually. He said, you know, 
He said, my wife, and he's rough, Mike. I love him. Mike, if you're, if you're watching, you know you're rough. I love you anyway. <laughs> we work together. I know this man, like, I work with him for years and years and years at panel prints, through the night, swinging shifts. We had Philadelphia Eagles tickets together back in the day, you know, we used to go down full-blown tailgate, the whole thing, the war paint. Is, and I'm not even an Eagles fan, but we used to just have a good time. Right, hon? All the big games over the years had seats right behind the home bench of the Philadelphia Eagles. Harold Carmichael used to sit down here. You know, Herschel Walker's wife sat right in front of us. I mean, the, we were in the, literally in a, in a player's section, right? And I spent a lot of time with Mike. And uh, if you want the truth, just ask him. And if you don't want the truth, then stay away from him. You know what he told me? He said, listen to this. My wife, his wife, Mari, they've been married, I think, almost as long as we have, huh? He said, my wife said, send something, listen to this. He said, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic, but the thing that really got me is when they close the churches down. And he said, listen to this. He said, my wife told me, ever since you've been going to that church, you're a whole lot sweeter. Amen. You have so much more peace in you. Amen. And he said, can I tell you, pastor? He said, and he, and he told another man this this week. He's telling everybody about what God's doing right here. I see the guy for 21 years. And he showed up here on Good Friday during a food distribution with a mask on. I gave him a hug and gave him some food and blessed his family like we should do. And he said, my wife said that uh, you're sweeter. And he said, I was telling a man, an older Catholic gentleman, why I go to church. He said, well, that church didn't close. Why didn't they close and why they do that? He said, you know something? Let me tell you something. If you go in that church, it will change something about you. And he said, when I go in there, I've, I've, and you got to understand, this is a man's man. I'm talking a man's man, like rough, tough, like no filter. He said, when I come in there and they're singing those songs, watch this. He said, my eyes just start, start to weep. And the man said, well, you, you know, you must be getting soft. He's like, oh, no, no, no. It's called the glory of God. Can you say amen? Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you are not yet subscribed, hit the subscribe button and then click the bell to be notified when new videos are posted. Have a blessed day.